Hi, this is Alan Thru from Glass Tiger, and you're listening to Reliving My Youth. And welcome to Reliving My Youth, the show where we look back at pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. My name is Noel Wolfman, and today we're going to head up north, the Great White North in Canada, and chat with the lead singer of Glass Tiger, Alan Frew. Glass Tiger had massive hits in the 80s, including Don't Forget Me When I'm Gone and Someday. Alan is still touring with Glass Tiger and recently released a solo album of cover songs from the 80s called 80s and 90s Rewind. There you'll find covers of Tears for Fears, Madonna, Cyndi Lauper, The Human League, and even did a cover of Someday. When I come home Telephone and say you're waiting for me. I ask you why, I hear you cry, but you're still waiting for me. Someday you'll be shedding your tears. To cry over me Someday I'll be losing the sea Now I'm alone You telephone And tell me you don't need me I ask you why You tell me lies And say the truth would Hurt me Someday You'll be shedding your tears To cry over me Someday I'll be losing this That's where I'm waiting for you In the streets where lovers meet I'm still waiting for you To cry 
today is Alan Frew. Alan, how are you today? Good, thank you, Noel. How's yourself? I'm doing great. Before we get started, I have to ask, how are you feeling? Uh, you mean from my health? Yeah, yeah, from the show. Uh, um, I'm feeling good. Um, you're never the same. You know, I had a stroke and um, I'm in full recovery mode and I'm doing well and I'm performing and singing, but you're never the same. Uh, I still have a bit of an effect in my right arm in hand that reminds me every day that this happened to me. Uh, my right leg is uh, much better, and uh, my stamina level and my voice, uh, you know, uh, if my voice is flying. I'm, it's ironic, I'm singing better than, right. better than ever, but um, uh, I can't complain. I, I got through it. I went into rehab and recovery, and um, it took me about eight months to gain my legs back and, and my arm, but uh, I'm doing I'm doing well. Oh, that's that's great to hear. Now, I mean, a, st- a stroke. I mean, it can happen to anybody, any time. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you like? I mean, obviously you were scared, but did you like actually know what was happening at the time? Yeah. Well, I mean, I have an an added bonus of the fact that I worked in medicine for for years. I was going to go on a pathway to become a doctor when, when Glass Tiger finally hit, but I worked in, in medicine for years, and uh, when the symptoms were really profound, when the leg and the arm was really acting weird before I went paralyzed, um, I, I, deep inside me, I, I knew that I was in trouble. But you, you go into denial, and, uh, and you pretend or you try to keep going and um, I encourage anybody listening that you know if you ever have those strange signs of you know that weird numb feeling like your leg is dead or your arm can't lift your arm and you feel a funny thing maybe in your face um, hopefully you get someone with you but if you don't you know get get to the hospital don't don't try to think you can just uh, you can write it out because you can yeah, I, I had a little bit of an issue earlier in the year. I had, like, chest pains for about a week. And, you know, I just played it off till finally one day I'm like, I got to go to the hospital. And it turns out I have, like, super high blood pressure. So I'm really glad I went and put me on medication. But right. if you feel anything, you should definitely, you know, go doctor, hospital. Don't don't try to be a hero at all. No. No, definitely not. Well, let's get to some happy thoughts now. Okay. <laughs> um, Glass Tiger, you know, a big fan of the band, big fan of your work. Um, how did the band get started? And I know that wasn't the original name of the band, but how did you uh, pick the name Glass Tiger? Uh, well, we were, I was in a bar band in the late 70s, and we did the, the circuit in Toronto and, in, and up in through the province of Quebec and Ontario and whatnot. 
And like most rock bands, we were broke and we were hammering it out night after night in the bars. And it, it just kind of imploded. And that's when I decided, okay, enough of that nonsense. I'm going to be a doctor. So I got a job in a hospital and started on that pathway. Uh, meanwhile, there was another band from our local town that kind of followed us, and they were doing quite well. Um, but one of the things they wanted to do was they needed a bass player, so they happened to contact the bass player that was in my band, and uh, he went, and it turned out that the the drummer was the lead singer. And so when the bass player was there, he was saying, you know, you, you guys need a lead singer. Why don't we call this Alan Frew guy? And I had already said, no, 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 I'm not doing that. Hmm. Uh, but he talked me into it, and I went to, uh, I, meet, I met with them, and they asked me if I'd sing a couple of songs, and I said, okay, but just for fun. And then after that, they asked me if I'd join the band, and I said, well, okay, but I'm not going on the road. And, uh, and the rest is history. That band became incredibly popular in the bar scene in Canada, and, um, and record companies started scouting us, and uh, we called the band Tokyo, and uh, we went through a phase of different record companies after us, and then finally when we landed with EMI and we signed, we thought, well, why don't, you know, this is a whole new lease on life. It's almost like a new band, because you've got a, a, new, a, a new thing called an album coming out. Why don't we have a new name? And uh, uh, the keyboard player, Al Conley, he was reading a book by an author called George Plimpton. Uh, the book was called uh, Paper Lion. Yes. And he, he came and he said, what if we call the band Paper Tiger? Hmm. And I said, nah. Tiger I like and so I went home and just messed around with combinations and I came back to them and I said what do you think of Glass Tiger and uh, they said oh that's really cool and that was it it's, it's always funny how like you know names you know just come to you and the strangest places mm-hmm. yeah so you guys had um, you know a couple massive hits in the US uh, you know Don't Forget Me When I'm Gone you know Jim Vallis produced it now, is that how you got Brian Adams to sing backups for you? Yeah, I mean, Brian and Jim were close partners, and Jim set off to produce this album by this band called uh, Glass Tiger. And uh, Brian used to check in. Hey, what are you doing, Jim? What's new? What's, what? and, uh, and so I'd spoken to Brian a couple of times on the phone just to say hi. And he sort of said, well, when I get to Toronto, I'll pop in and meet you guys. And I said, that'd be great. And I don't know whether Jim contrived it or not. I don't think he did, but it could have been. But Brian popped his head in. He was coming to Canada, coming to Toronto for the Junos, Juno Awards. And uh, we sat around drinking some beers, listening to music. And then Jim said, well, why don't you guys go in and sing something together? And we actually sang two things. Uh, don't Forget Me When I'm Gone and a song called I Will Be There. Right. And we were just doing it for fun. It was just, it was just a good time. And, uh, and, then we'll, and you know, you have to remember, Brian, Brian had cracked it, but he wasn't. I mean, 
it wasn't the monstrous star that it is today. So a star was certainly burning bright. But um, I, I, I remember, like, it wasn't until he did that Robin Hood right, yeah. soundtrack that it just went through the roof for Brian and his superstardom. So, um, we, you know, we just thought we're kind of a couple of guys singing with each other, and, and it was a cool thing to do. And so we, we put them on Don't Forget Me When I'm Gone, and we released it. And, uh, and everybody made a big deal out of it, but the song was solid. You know, it's just such a great pop tune um, that I don't doubt for a second it, it would have been a hit. But uh, it was just fun to have Brian on it. Right, yeah, it's 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 such a good song. It holds up beautifully. And I remember, I don't know, it must have been maybe 12, 13 years ago, there was a show that you guys were on called uh, Hit Me Baby One More Time. Mm-hmm. And you, you guys performed it. And I remember, I think, I think you guys won, like, the... Uh, internet vote but you didn't win on the actual show and like I remember how pissed I was and like cause, like Howard Jones I think the week before who, who I absolutely loved nailed it as well and I think Vanilla Ice won yeah. so it just it's so funny how like you know the popularity of oh, you know, I think things. I think they had decided who was going to win those kind of things beforehand huh? right yeah. yeah now do you still like performing don't forget me when I'm well, going yeah man I mean um I did a concert last night, and Glass Tiger's been playing all through, we started late May, we've been playing dates in June, July, a heavy August schedule, we've got a medium September schedule, and then a little, a few little dates in October. Right. Now, I know I asked you, you know, before we started, but I know it's, there's always issues when, you know, coming to, you know, overseas or even just America, you know, over the border. Uh, and I'm sure you guys would love to play here. Um, it's probably just the monetary reasons, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, well, now that you've got Donald Trump as your president... Yeah, maybe you want to stay there. <laughs> they, they've tightened. Oh, well, yeah. But they've tightened, you know. So you'll get, you'll get fans from all over America and pick, pick an area, Chicago. Right. And we get, you know, emails and stuff. And I say, guys... Why don't you come to Chicago? Well, of course, if Glass Tiger could just jump in a van, a bus, come down to Chicago and play, we'd do it in a heartbeat. But it doesn't work like that. And, uh, you know, you need a promoter. You need He needs to crunch his numbers. He needs to know, can we put bums in the seats? Is it going to work? What are we going to pay them? Even if Glass Tiger decides, okay, we're not doing it for the money. We're doing it, you know. I mean, I, I, I've at least still know I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't bother me to go down and play Chicago, and not worry if I'm making any money. Uh, it's more about does it make sense? And uh, so you come down, and you got to get permits, and and it's just it's just such an involved uh, moment in time to to do this that it's a lot of work come and try and pull off for one club in Chicago, say, um, and then go back home. And then, of course, to do multiple dates, to go from Chicago to, you know, to Portland and play Los Angeles and play Miami and do a tour, then, then everything just multiplies. So the best thing for Glass Tiger would probably be to see if, anyone's maybe would like to match us up right. in the kind of 
festival kind of thing where we'd, we'd be able to come down and be part of an event and let people start to reacquaint with us again, maybe find some new fans as well, and take it from there. Right. Probably and, the best way to do it. Yeah, and those, those like festivals, those concerts are, are really popular these days. So yeah. It shouldn't be hard for you guys to uh, hopefully get matched up with somebody. So we've just, you know, we're, we're in the mix. We've, we've done a brand new CD of, um, I don't want to give it too much away, uh, because it's a little different, but it's it's kind of legacy CD. It's a kind of reimagined CD. It's some of those classic songs that you know in in a way that you you just you, you've never heard them before, and a couple of new things. And it's produced up here in Canada by a guy who's a bona fide star here in Canada called Johnny Reed. Okay. And we're really excited about it. And uh, it would be great if Glass Tiger could get the chance. We, we talked about, you know, like I'd be willing, let's say, to pick some of the major, let's say it was Los Angeles, let's say it was Miami and New York. I'd be willing to go there, you know, just test the wars, and and, and then any of the, maybe some of the border places like, you know, Detroit and Buffalo and what would he hit across the border, I guess, over Minnesota way and um, over to Seattle way and just test some of those areas that still hear a lot of Canadian radio. Yeah, I, I went to college up in Buffalo, so I definitely right. got a lot of Canadian uh, right. music. Right, very familiar. Oh, it's, it, totally. I mean, I, I knew you guys obviously way before then, but I discovered like the Tragically Hip and right. you know all, all of them and it, and it opened up you know so much more music for me and I'm right. really grateful for that. So like, you know, the hip are enormous here in Canada. And, you know, there'll be many, many places in the U.S. that just are not aware of their existence. Yeah, I, I saw them in New York in a little club. And then if you go, obviously, further north, you go to Syracuse and Buffalo, much bigger places. And then, right. obviously, Canada, they can Canada fill out arenas. Canada will sell out 20,000 seats for three nights straight. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So now, um, there's another rock icon you guys uh teamed up with once uh rod stewart and the song my town also a fabulous song had you uh get teamed up with rod on that song uh rod and i met um again after a canadian journal awards and someone said hey yeah he wants to meet you but uh you know it'll probably be five or ten minutes and i said that'd be great i'd love to meet him and uh we sat in a corner together, and what was supposed to be 10 minutes ended up being two hours. And we, all we talked about was soccer and mm-hmm. soccer and more soccer. And, um, and then he said, well, when you come down to Los Angeles, get in touch with me, and we'll kick the ball around He's, you know, at the park on a Sunday. And so I became, we became pals, and we were hanging out, and going to dinners together and, um, you know, kicking the ball around, having a few beers. And um, I never, ever played the Rod Stewart card. I just, that's, I, I, I just didn't want to do that. I didn't want to say, oh, you know, now that we're pals, will you? Right. And uh, we had recorded My Town, and I had used a different singer um, on the song. And uh, that singer, and it was nobody famous. Right. 
that singer uh, happened to come into a dinner that Rod and I were at that night, and uh, he said to Rod, have you heard the song that Alan's written called My Town? And uh, he said, it's fantastic, and it's, it's all about sort of his town in Scotland, it's a real Scottish thing. And Rod said, no, no, and kept, stayed really polite. And when the guy left, <laughs> punched me in the arm and he said, hey, why didn't you ask me to sing on it? And I said, well, I didn't want to play that card. You know, I, we're pals and that's not what it was about. He said, I want to sing on it. Wow. Okay. That was it. He sang on it. Wow, that's, that's a great story. I hope he, um, he gave that singer a couple bucks from it. <laughs> oh, you got paid. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> now th- that song like wasn't even like a. I don't even think it touched the U.S. charts. Now what? Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't get it. I, I really don't. Um, how like you know two iconic you know musician you know Glass Tiger. Well, what happens is again, you know, for your listeners, people that I mean, now we're in 2017. Who even knows what a record deal is? Right. Back in the day when there were, when there were real record deals, you know the bureaucracy and the power trips and the payola and all those things that went on were very real. And Glass Tiger got involved in some politics up in Canada that they wanted to harden our image a little bit, and so we released this cut called Animal Heart, which is a it's a it's a power power rock song and it's a good song and it went to number one in Canada but it kind of laid the groundwork in a slightly different approach I wanted to go with my town first I wanted to play the Rod Stewart card that time I did want to play that card because we had him right why wouldn't you play that of course I wanted to release my town I could probably in the early stages could probably have gotten Rod to do some visuals for us, maybe a wee bit of video. But the longer you left it, then you allowed Rod's record company to get more involved and Rod's managers to get more involved and it gets more diluted and more closed off. So by the time we were thinking about releasing My Town in Canada, and we did, it never got released in America. It never saw the light of day. So you've got all these American fans that never heard Glass Tiger and Rod Stewart together. Yeah, it's it's truly amazing, you know, and it's I guess you know luckily now for you know it's the ease of getting music that you know you can discover all all these songs now. Right. Uh, now, so like compare obviously you know way back when when you had to buy a CD or an album or a cassette to basically now I can go on my phone and just download a song. Do you guys prefer that now? Well, we we come from. You know, we're the, we're the sort of the cusp of the old school. And so, yeah, do you know who Bob Lefsetz is? Do you know the blogger, Lefsetz? Yes, yes. Okay, so Lefsetz, every now and again, reminds guys like me to stop being bitter. Don't be, you know, cynical. This is the future. This is the way it is. Uh, and of course, and, and that's the way it is. But I come from the school of, you know, when you sold records, you made good royalties, and when 
radio, they paid good old royalties and so cheques were big. Now cheques that were, for every $100 coming to you, it, every $100 is probably worth pennies, it, fra fractions of the penny, because of uh, the dilution of uh, streaming. But streaming is a way of the future, so guys like me, who can't, Glass Tiger, who can't necessarily go on the radio anymore, we would use uh, streaming as a marketing tool. Maybe you can get enough people to hear you that'll come to your gig. So guys like Brian Adams and Glass Tiger, and uh, you talk about Tragically Hip and Cheap Trick and all these bands, Peril Jam, all these bands that have a legacy can still deal in streaming, not necessarily make any money off of them, but it gathers up enough attention that, hey, Pearl Jam's got a new album out, Pearl Jam's doing the thing, or, or Glass Tiger. So it's still a useful tool. It just hasn't become a great money-making tool for songwriters. That still is yet to happen. So you get a lot of complaints from songwriters who are saying, yeah, you're stealing my music, and the guy who owns Spotify is a billionaire, but we're getting fractions of a penny. But uh, I'm not bitter. And I, I, I realize it, it is what it is. And I understand that Glass Tiger's a nostalgic act. And it's really about live performance for Glass Tiger. And bands like Glass Tiger. Go out, play, see how many people would like to come buy a ticket, entertain them. Maybe they'll buy your new CD, and then you move on. Right, and you're still performing with them, so obviously there's well, dem absolutely. demand for the band. You know, so at least at least that's good. At least you have you know fans coming out, and there's you know want well, yeah. want to see you guys all the time. Yeah, you know, so. we did a double bill last week in a town called Kitchen, and you know, like twelve thousand people there having a great time. Yeah, no, that's great. Now, speaking of nostalgic, your latest CD, uh, eighty to ninety rewind, absolutely love. I, I listened to it all all weekend long. Uh, I. When I first saw the listing of songs, because Tears for Fears is one of my all-time favorite bands, and I saw that you covered Everybody Wants Through the World, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll give it a chance, but let's see how it goes. And you absolutely knocked it out of the park. <laughs> <laughs> how did you... Well, I, I, again, for your listeners, that, that's a, so that's a solo project that I did. Right. It's not Glass Tiger. And uh, I, like to do, I like to do things solo, and my manager and I were brainstorming. And uh, I come up with the idea of what if I did the British Invasion? What if I did the 60s? The Beatles and the Who and Hermits Hermits. And, and we thought, nah, I was, I was born then, obviously, but I was a little boy, a young boy. Uh, so then my manager said, well, what if you did something in your own genre, your own era, with your, with your, your, your contemporaries and the bands that you were up against, just for fears and... Madonna and Peter Gabriel and Simple Minds and I thought, oh, what a great idea! And uh, and then so we did eighty to ninety rewind. Now, did, did you, how did you um, decide on like some of the songs? Well, at the beginning it's easy hmm. uh, because there's a lot of junk, so you get rid of all the junk, all the silly ones, and then there's ones that it's that are good songs, but they're obviously not suited. So, like, Madonna, like a virgin, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be doing that anytime soon. 
Right, a material girl. <laughs> you weed all that out, and then you're left with some of these classic, classic 80s songs. And, and then sometimes you're just a fan of them. Like, uh, you know, I'm a fan of Simple Minds. So to do Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds was a no-brainer. Uh, but then my manager come along and said, what if you did Peter Gabriel in right. your eyes? And I went, oh, man. I just, uh, uh, last night I was asked, will you do another one? And I said, yeah, you get in it? And I said, yeah, like uh, Midnight Oil. I'm performing that live now. Midnight Oil, Beds Are Burning, New Sensation by... In Excess, by yeah. In Excess. Um, Wouldn't It Be Good by uh, Nick Kershaw. Oh, another well, great song. There's an abundance of classic songs. One of the things that uh, your listeners may find interesting was you know, I fancy myself as a fairly accomplished singer, and I thought, oh, this will be no problem. It'll be tricky. To, you, see, when you, when, you, when you take a classic song that people already love, you've got to be very careful, because if you don't watch it, you'll just end up doing karaoke. Right. So you can't make it like the original. Why would you do that? Why would you make it sound like the A's? So you've got to perfect the sound that people will accept and they'll say, oh, I like that, that's a good sound. And then you have to sing it and put your own stamp on it. And you have to sing it like it's yours. And so you have to pay homage to, uh, so somebody loves Peter Gabriel in your eyes. And you have to pay the uh, homage to uh, uh, Peter Gabriel. Do it in your own style, but make it believable for the people that still love Peter Gabriel. And so the vocals, it took me weeks to get the vocals right. Because hmm. I had to grow into it. I had to, pre I'm not pretending to be Peter Gabriel, I'm, I'm Alan Frew, but I got to put that stamp on it. And so I think we got it right. I know that 99.9% .9 of the fans that have heard it know we got it right. You'll always get those one or two. They'll say, oh, it doesn't sound like Peter Gabriel. Well, of course it doesn't sound like Peter Gabriel. You know, it's not meant to sound like Peter Gabriel. Uh, so, uh, and some someone might say, oh, I prefer the original. Well, good for you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, even, like, nothing compares to you. I, I just like the bluesy kind of, you know, take yeah, you gave it. Yeah, ab it. absolutely. And even, like, you, you know, decided to remake uh, Someday, which I, I thought that was really interesting. Yes, so when, when I got to Nashville and the band... I was all, they were all Nashville players and they were told they were going to be working with a guy that wrote Someday and Don't Forget Me When I'm Gone. Well, they were, you know, they were all thrilled. And so we're sitting around and we gave them all a song list. And uh, they sort of jokingly, tongue-in-cheek said, if you don't put a Glass Tiger song on this <laughs> CD, we're mutiny, we're, we're gone, we're not doing it. Right. You've got to put... And so I thought, well, don't forget me when I'm gone is the obvious one, so let's not go that route. And we did uh, Someday. And we did it in a, a really nice, stripped-down, um, rootsy kind of voice and piano way. Yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. And I, uh, I'll i admit, I think I like it this version better than the original. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, yeah. that's a compliment. Yeah, although, I mean, I love the original, too, but it's it was something very different, and I... And even like Live to Tell, which is also my f favorite Madonna song, right. you, 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 nailed, you nailed it as well. 
So yeah, I, and then you know some of them, some of them get away from you. Like looking back on it, you know, would I have put um, Cindy Lauper on there? Probably not. But you, 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 you it's a, it's a work in progress. You know, that'll always happen. Uh, I remember my manager didn't want me to do Honor of a Lonely Heart by Yes, and when I did it, it, came, it blew him away, and he he loved it. So, you know, I, I'm an artist. I I. I perform and I write and I create and I sing. You cannot please everybody. What I was quoted one time as saying, a hit song is not a hit song because everybody loves it. A hit song is a hit song because enough people love it to make it a hit. And I find that enough people are loving uh, 80 to 90 Rewind um, to make me happy. So it it doesn't matter that you get the odd person. I don't like everything I hear. I don't like every artist I listen to. There's artists that can put 60,000 uh, bums in seats, and I wouldn't go across the street if they were singing in my backyard. It just doesn't interest me. But yeah. I realize that 60,000 people love this artist or uh, band, and so that's the beauty of music. That's what's great about it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Now, who are some of your influences? Well, my major influence in, in my lifetime is the, Be- the Beatles. Right. Uh, first and foremost. Probably only. Just the, the chord structure, their vocal melodies, um, their harmonies, and, and their, their, their way of writing lyrics. And I was just, uh, the presentation vocally, like I do a pretty good impersonation of Paul McCartney or John Lennon if I put it on. I just grew up surrounded but the Beatles were everything to me and so that would that would probably be it yeah that's definitely a great influence to have as an influence I, I mean I, I grew up loving the Stones and Rod Stewart and Led Zeppelin and you know bands like Cheap Trick I love Cheap Trick um, but I would say my major influence for the structure and how I'd work in songs are the Beatles right now, I, you probably would have nailed, like, The Flame if you would have put that on 80s, 90s, well, yeah, it's, it's on it's, it's on my list of songs to take a look at. Right. Although, although if I'm not mistaken, what is it? Isn't it 91 or 92 or something, or does it, does it make the cut? Yeah, it, it makes the cut. I think it's, like, 88. Okay. Yeah, so I, I think you're safe there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Did you even think about, like, maybe doing, like, a Brian Adams song? Yeah. Uh, we had Brian, um, I think it was One Night Love Affair. Oh, that's, that's another great song, too, yeah. We had, uh, that, that's on our to-do list. Right. Yeah, they would have nailed it as uh, well. The other day we were talking about Every, every Girl Loves a Sharp Grass Man from uh, ZZ, ZZ Top. Top, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool version of that. Yeah, totally. Alan, thank you for a few minutes today. And thank you, man. Best of luck with everything. Thank you.